We'd like to thank Montecito Bank and Trust for their generous support in making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome, Vicki, to another episode of Scam Squad. I can't wait to hear what you have for us today. Hi, Patty. Good to be back as always. And today I have a guest. And Mary was able to get a hold of me on our fraud hotline. And she told me a story that I thought was important to share with all of our listeners. Mary almost became the victim of a romance scam, but she figured it out in time, and I wanted her to share her story with us. So welcome, Mary. It's good to have you on Scam Squad. Welcome, Mary. Thank you, and I hope I can help somebody from this happening, too. Tell us how this started. How did this person make contact with you? I'm in a service club. The name or two before his name came up was from my service organization. So I went ahead and friended them. And not paying attention, I went ahead and friended this guy also. I'm going to go ahead and mention the name. It's under John R. O'Connor or John D. O'Connor. There's about four other different names for the same guy. The picture that they show is not him. But we just started emailing, and then he wanted me to go to Hangout, and uh, I did. Explain to me what Hangout is. I don't, I'm not familiar with that. It's like Facebook, mm-hmm. only it's called Hangout. And I think it's more on a one-to-one rather than everybody can see happening between the two of us. He wanted you to go to this Hangout site, which was just going to be the two of you, nobody else involved. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yes. And. He just started in right away, and I thought, well, this is kind of interesting. And he was a real smooth talker. And, of course, first thing he asked me was, I single? And I said yes, and that I was a widow and this and that. And he was, too, and he had a 15-year-old daughter in San Francisco, and he was over in Afghanistan. I kind of got involved with this, and this started on a Saturday. And by Wednesday of the following week, kind of picked up some weird things that he was talking to me about. I was talking to my sister about it, and she said, that sounds like a scam. And then she gave me your phone number, and Mm -hmm. the rest is history from there. At first, the first four or five days, you know, we were just talking and general romancing type thing. And then finally he asked me if I would be able to accept a package coming from Ukraine. Some work he had done was finally paying off, and he couldn't collect it where he was because he was in a war zone. Wanted to know if he could ship it to me. And I kind of ignored the subject and talked about other things, and he kept getting back with me. And then I finally said no, that I wouldn't, and I couldn't accept anything like that for you because I don't know who you are. So then he kept pressing and pressing. Then he started getting a little bit short and Mm -hmm. not as nice as he had been. And I started kind of putting two and two together. And then I had to go to a funeral, and I went to the funeral. And when I came back, he was calling me every name of the book. Then when I told him I was too upset, I didn't want to talk about it. Now, then he got real sweet again. And, you know, I want to be with you and, and all this stuff. And I didn't even answer him. I just kept listening or watching what he was writing and watching. And finally, I just decided enough is enough. And I just told him no. And the relationship was over, and I, I, I got out of it. So, when he was kind of, quote, getting to know you, Did he try and match up his interests with yours, or did he try and match himself to you in some fashion? I think it was more he was trying to match himself up to me. Yeah. And I didn't give him a lot of information. 
the okay. town where I lived or whereabouts or anything. He never asked about that, which I thought was kind of funny. But one time I said, well, if you're over there, I know that you're going to be over there for Christmas because he had mentioned it. I said, I could send you some banana nut bread or something in the mail. And yeah. I said, how would I send it? His answer was, well, just take it to the post office and they'll mail it. So they'll get it to us. He wouldn't give me an address. Oh, interesting. Did he tell you what he was doing in Afghanistan? Did he say he was a soldier or a businessman? Or what, what did he say he was doing over there? He said he's in the military. And okay. the picture of him that I went online and looked up his name and it shows a picture of this guy in the army. And he was in a peacekeeping mission right now. And he was a major general, John R. O'Connor. Now that I'm thinking back to it, a lot of the things that he wrote were not correctly written as far as punctuation, words misspelled and all that stuff. And I thought, if you're a major general, you wouldn't be making those mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. The interesting part is when I went on to hang out, it erased everything that he had said up to that point. Huh. Our conversation so, was all wiped away. And because he had written, he was a major general. He was a peacekeeping this and that and where he was, what he was doing in Afghanistan and stuff. You know, then all of a sudden it was all gone. Did he tell you what he wanted you to do with this package from Ukraine? Did he want you to ship it somewhere else or just pick it up for him? Or what did he want you to do? He just wanted me to pick it up for him. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to meet me, and I would give, give it to him then. Okay. So did you ever have a voice-to-voice conversation with him, or was this all online? No voice-to-voice, just online. Uh-huh. Did he ever get romantic with you or say romantic kinds of things? Did it ever get to that point? Oh, yes. Oh, I want to be there in the morning when you wake up. And uh, he said, can I send you flowers? And I said, no, flowers die. So... Like that kind of went by the wayside because I figured that was when he was trying to get my address. Uh-huh, yeah. He never got yeah. my address. I'm sure he has my email address, one of them. And he was but, using the name John O'Connor, and, of course, that is not his real name. There's probably many John O'Connors out there. The point being, none of those names were him. No. None of those names matched up with a, quote, major general in Afghanistan or somebody in the military. Not that I'm aware of. Right. Mm-hmm. And when he started getting romantic and nice again, then he wanted me to send him some money to get some kind of card so he could update his contacts. Oh. And that was after that when I told him, no, I wouldn't accept a package. Then he started with that. He didn't tell me a price at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I texted back to him. I said, if I have $150 left at the end of the month in my checkbook, I'm lucky. And then he texted back to me, well, I didn't ask for $150. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started backing away and not answering a lot of his texts. Now, you told me at one point in time you talked to your sister about this and that she recognized right away that this was a scam. Is that correct? Yes, she says, you know, that sounds like a scam to me. Yeah. And then she said, you ought to call the DA's uh, office. Yeah. And then you didn't call me back. Towards Saturday, this was only within a week. I didn't know what he could get from me. So I cut off communications with him. I, I canceled out Hangout. And then I also blocked him so he couldn't get back in my, uh, on my Facebook. Very anymore. smart not to give out your address because he tried very hard to get that with the flowers and with wanting a package delivered. So that was very, very smart of you because it sounds like you actually could have been in some danger, don't you think, Vicki? Certainly in in danger of losing some money, pretty clear. But there were a bunch of red flags here. I'm just going to 
point out a, a couple of them. He tried to isolate you. You know, he wanted you to go to this private site where it was just the two of you. There weren't, weren't any other friends involved. And uh, it's very typical for these guys to say they're in Afghanistan. They're in the military. They're doing something there. So, of course, there's no way they can actually visit you in person. It's also very typical for them to sort of try and match up with you. You said you were a widow. He said he was also. He had a 15-year-old daughter supposedly in San Francisco. That's typical. They try and get sympathy that way. Oh, And then, of course, what we call love bombing, the sending those very romantic messages to you. And then, of course, right away uh, wanting you to accept a package from the Ukraine. He might have been trying to use you as a money mule to move money around from one place to another. And then, again, asking you, well, you know, if you won't accept a package for me, how about sending me some cash? So, Mary, you did a great job trusting your instincts, getting rid of this guy, because otherwise you were in danger of losing probably quite a bit of money, as many other people have who have fallen for this scam. So I want to thank you for being brave enough to come on our radio show and tell us about this. This is going on a lot all over the country and certainly here in Santa Barbara. Thanks again, Mary, for sharing that so we can forewarn other people. Okay. Appreciate your help. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.